This is the Jets-centric podcast, your home for Winnipeg Jets, talk, thoughts, and takes. Hey everybody, welcome back to uh, the Jet Centric Podcast. I'm joined here today by uh, Hart from Puckpedia.com and he's going to be here to talk to us about his site and uh, kind of what, what's going on over on his site. He uh, tracks a lot of the agents, uh, NHL agents and NHL players and contracts and he also has injury information and stuff like that on his website. So uh, hi Hart, how's it going? I'm doing great, thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. I was looking forward to getting this done once uh, we had once we had made the initial connection and stuff. So I'm glad we could get it done in pretty prompt order, actually. So you're the you're the creator of Puckpedia. So maybe just explain exactly what Puckpedia.com is and what what it does and kind of what people could find on there. Sure. Um, so yeah, Puckpedia.com is. Uh, the goal is to be this your one-stop shop for all your hockey information. Um, so we have salary cap. And, and contract information and salary cap um, by teams. We also have transactions, um, injury news, um, the, all the latest news happening. We also have an agent leaderboard and all the agent information that um, you would need. So showing all the players and who their agents are and, and what um, players each agent represents. And uh, we have some other cool features too, uh, like Ask the Capologist, where people can send in questions and get their CBA and salary cap questions answered um, and we have a, a new feature that we just um, unveiled called puck tv where we're doing live streams with people in hockey and the first one we did was with agent elaine waugh who's a, a really big agent and uh, he represents a lot of the the big goalies in the nhl so we we took some questions um, live and that video is on the site too under puck tv oh okay cool so you got some some uh, comments from agents and stuff that's that's a pretty different perspective from hockey right because you always don't don't always think of the business side of the game you just think of guys scoring and guys saving the puck or and that and that kind of thing so that's a new perspective and i'm sure there's lots of people that'll be uh interested in that side just like i was when i first went on on puckpedia i just saw your agent leaderboard um which is pretty cool and if i think if you think about it you know there's i'm sure there's a lot of agents i didn't get too deep into it but you know, you had your leaderboard there and uh, and stuff like that. So it was it was interesting for me to have a look at, and I'm sure a, a few of our listeners, if not all of them, will will definitely be interested in that. So I I highly recommend it. So, but first we'll kind of start out. So how did you get get into hockey itself? I know you're from Edmonton originally. So how did you get into hockey, and then kind of what sparked you to create this this website database that you have going on here? Yeah, so huge Oiler fan growing up in Edmonton. Um, I don't know if it's uh fandom or like a sentence but i've yeah i've certainly been a, a huge oiler fan for for many many years um and like you mentioned uh you know the site has a lot of the business side of hockey and and obviously i love watching the games but i've also been really drawn to the the business side and the the contracts salary cap negotiations um you know i think that kind of matches up my my interest outside of sports which is you know business and, and negotiation and, and contracts with obviously my love for hockey um and so that yeah that was always something that i was very interested in you know i was a a, a big fan of cap geek when it was out and 
Uh, you know, one of the things, though, as just a fan that, like most fans, you know, I'd kind of waste time when I'm supposed to be working and, and be on the internet and, and thinking about, you know, uh, hockey trades and potential trades and, and how my favorite team could make it all work. One thing that I, I, I didn't like that I couldn't find is everything that was out there was kind of all on different sites. I would have to flip between a bunch of different sites. And, um, you know, I've always found that as kind of a pain. Like, why do I have to have all these different windows open? I, I want to just, you know, waste a bunch of time on just one site. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, that was, that was part of the vision was have a site where, you know, it's kind of all together. One of the things I didn't mention is uh, we also have, we have basic stats, but we also have advanced stats as well. So again, pulling in things like, so there's obviously some other sites with salary cap information and there's some other sites with advanced stats, other places where you can get injury news and everything. But I wanted to have a place where it was all, all together. Um, sort of, like I said, the one-stop shop. Um, and then on the agent information, yeah, it was just something that I, I also found really interesting. Um, I remember years and years and years ago, um, for example, uh, the Oilers were trying to negotiate with Mike Comrie and they couldn't get a deal done with, with this agent. And they actually, Kevin Lowe tried to get Mike Comrie to put in some money to repay part of a signing bonus. This was before the, the salary cap and everything. And his agent obviously wasn't happy about that. And, and that led to a, a different kind of trade and um, ended up trading him to uh, Philadelphia for like nothing when originally the trade was supposed to be for Corey Perry, but they asked him for to put some money in. And actually, that just got me thinking at the time, like, wow, it's interesting how how the agents play into it and how you can really learn a lot um, uh, wh about what might happen by looking at not just who the player is, but who their agent is. And I think, as you know, as we talk about the Jets, um, you know, we'll we'll see that there's some interesting connections with the agents and and some and their track record, and it gives some good insight into what you might expect. So I, I guess that's a a long answer of uh, of saying uh, how how we got to where we are with the site. Yeah, so that's yeah, that's pretty cool. We'll we'll get into the Jets in just a second here. I just wanted to ask: is so is it just you that uh, is does the site, or do you have other people that uh, that help you out? Obviously, I know it's a big, so I assume yeah, it's not just you. You might have a couple of people, or is it just you by yourself, or that that kind of thing? Yeah, so um, I I'm doing the majority of it, but I I definitely have um, some help in terms of like the the development side of things. That's certainly not my area. I'm a I'm a hockey fan and and like the love the salary cap and stuff. So I have I have uh, help on the development side, and I have some help with keeping things up to date. Um, but it's certainly it's a lot of work. It it changes your perspective when you sort of follow hockey as a hobby, and then you have to switch to following it um, to make sure you keep everything up to date. Uh, so it definitely changes things. Yeah, it changes your perspective on it. So I guess, yeah, well, this is a Jets pod, uh, podcast, so we'll hop right in, right into the Jets. And uh, obviously their biggest RFA this this offseason coming up here is Patrick Liney. So maybe you can just let let Jets fans know, you know, is he going to sign here for a hometown discount or are we going to be paying, <laughs> paying a few dollars? So maybe his, his agent and his, his uh, track record with uh, – RFA negotiations and uh, stuff, uh, other stuff that might be pertaining. Yeah, I, I don't want to uh, hurt Jets fans, uh, hurt their feelings around Christmas time. But yeah, his agent <laughs> is, is Mike Liud of Octagon. Um, so on our agent leaderboard, we we show all the agents um, based on total contract values or total cap hit. So Mike Liud is he's number ten in total contract value of all the NHL. So he's a, he's a big agent big and he's part agent. of Octagon. Yeah, he's part of Octagon. Uh, he's partners with Alan Walsh, who's 
you know, um, a pretty well-known agent. Um, and Octagon is actually number three in, in terms of the agency leaderboard. So yeah, a big agent. Um, but when you look at his track record, so some of his clients are Dreisaitl, Tarasenko, Ristolainen. And all of those guys, they, they they didn't sign those extensions before their entry-level deals were up. Like, you know, you see a lot of guys, they sign um, when they're eligible for an extension w- when they still have a year left on their deal. Well, with Mike Lutz, um clients, you can see the track record. He waits till they play out that final year, and then he signs um, the the new contract. And, you know, looking through guys like Dreisaitl, Tarasenko, Rissalainen, like you can see that's a pretty good strategy i mean i don't think there's not many of these high high-end um you know young players that sort of dip from their second year to their third year um, all, all it does is kind of drop up when they play through that third year of their contract so you can see that that looks like the strategy to expect with line ace so I, I would be shocked if there's a contract extension before the season's up and you know when you look at guys like the, the price point on dry slidal tarasenko or selenin um, there's not really discounts to be had in that group, right? Like they're not overpaid, I don't think. Maybe some people think Drysaddle's a little overpaid, but he's coming off a, you know, almost a thirty goal, eighty point season. But there's certainly not. There's no discounts. They're all um, sort of at market value or a bit above. Some of his other clients are some goalies like Schneider and and Dubnik. So again, all guys that are sort of in the fair to maybe a little bit above average price range. And, and I think that's a good indicator of what you can expect. The other interesting wrinkle um, with Line's agent, Mike Leud, is he also represents Rantanen with Colorado, who's also in for a huge payday. Oh, so wow. it will so. be yeah, it'll be really interesting to see kind of the order that those guys sign in. And obviously, there's a huge group of uh, restricted free agents coming up this summer. And the, the order of all of them, it looks like some agents will be kind of waiting to, on, on other people to sign. But when you have one guy that actually has two of the you know four biggest um, RFAs coming up. That's interesting just to see the order that maybe he decides to put those players in. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good good little wrinkle there too because obviously Ratnin is I think he's still leading the league in points if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. That's yeah yeah. So that's a top one. The line is in the top top of the goals. So that's uh, you know it's it's interesting just to think of it from that standpoint. I mean obviously this guy's going to have a pretty big summer uh, coming up. Yeah. So. So I'm sure that'll be something to watch. And uh, another top Jets RFA is uh, uh, Kyle Connors uh, coming up this this offseason as well. And he's uh, 31 or yeah, 31 goals last year, and he's having another solid yeah. solid first half uh, this season. So, what can we expect from uh, Kyle Connor and his uh, his agent and his history? Yeah, so that's a little bit of a different um, situation. So his agent is Richard Evans from Points West. So he's uh, obviously, the, if you look at kind of the agent makeup in the NHL, there's some really big uh, agencies with some guys that have a huge chunk. And then there's after that, there's a whole bunch of um, I would call sort of small to medium sized agents that have a pretty good um, stable of clients, but they're not like kind of nowhere near in size. So, uh, yeah, Richard Evans, he's 35th on our agent leaderboard. So, like I said, yeah, I kind of put him in the, the mid to, to lower mid size. Um, and yeah, I mean, he. He doesn't have any uh, huge clients other than Jamie Ban. So Jamie Ban is his big, big client. Um, Jamie Ban did sign an extension before his contract was up, so he signed it almost a year um, ahead of time. So again, that might give an indicator that maybe Connor is one that gets done before the end of the season. Um, but looking at his stable of clients, like he's got, um, like he he kind of hasn't had guys that have cashed in big. Um, one comparable that. 
not sure if Jets fans would want to hear, but it, it does make me think a little bit about Nylander and his agent, Lewis Gross, that you know, Lewis Gross didn't have any, didn't really have any big, huge clients. And some people were blaming um, the, the holdout sort of on Nylander's dad and his track record. But others, uh, I did hear some talk that, you know, this was sort of his agent's big chance to, to make a big home run and to send a message to future clients that he's going to get top dollar for his client and he's, he's not, he's never going to back down. So that might be a bit of a comparable to think about. Um, it's sort of a similar size agency, but um, yeah, as, um, aside from Connor, he has Jamie Ban, Jordy Ban, um, and then a, a lot of guys on entry level deals. So okay, I think that's so, a little bit of an indicator. Yeah. So he's maybe looking to make a name for himself in the, in uh, to, to, to players that are coming into the league. So future, future guys that'll be coming off their entry ELCs and that kind of thing. Cause obviously you got to start kind of fishing for these guys well before they're actually in the NHL or making a big time splash, right? That's the that's usually the ones you would probably end up having the best with, right? As a guy that maybe you came into the league with. I'm using air quotes right now. You know, you brought yep. him in in on his first his first ELC, and then you're going to get that big second or third or second and third contract if uh, if if he turns out to be a superstar and that kind of thing. So that's kind of something that I guess obviously the agents they want to prove that they're able to negotiate get get top dollar at least market value for their for their client if if that's what their client wants which obviously nhl players they want to make as much as they can generally in their prime in their prime years of their career so that's something uh that you always have to think of and not all people think about the agent usually you just think about oh it's the player directly with the with the gm so that's something you know there's always there's a third party there too right the the agent yeah it's interesting kind of a bit of a tangent but in speaking to agents lately, um, you know, I, I met an agent who he's been working as an agent for three, four years. But just and I, I guess just like most people, I assume that when you're an agent, you you get NHL clients and you kind of go from there. But, you know, he started three or four years ago, but started by signing teenagers like 14, 15 in, in the OHL and major junior. And just now he's got two clients that have just signed entry level deals and he's Got a, he's has a few more guys that are probably sign entry level deals this next year, so it just it makes you think that um, you know you see a, an agent and maybe they don't have any big names, but they have like maybe five or six guys on entry level deals. You don't realize that they might have started a few years even before that, um, you know, signing kids. And when one of those entry level guys finally uh, is ready to sign a big contract, like that's their first time and their first chance to kind of hit a big payday in after many many. Uh, and it's sort of a side that I never thought about. Like I, I thought the agents kind of get the guys maybe just before the draft and they, or they get NHL clients from someone else. But to think that, you know, if you're an agent and you've been sort of grinding it out for now, maybe six, seven years with getting guys before they're drafted and then they're drafted, then they finally sign their entry level deals. And now they're finally going to sign their big contract like Kyle Connor. Uh, it, it's kind of your first chance in it's like seven, eight years maybe to, to b- hit a big payday, right? Yeah, so you're kind of betting betting on the future then, right? I mean, obviously, right. it's kind of, well, I, I kind of, this is actually a good comparable I just thought of. So you have, you know, your NHL teams, they draft, you know, you get seven draft picks a season, right? So you're kind of betting that these guys will be good in three or four years kind of with the development curve. So it might kind of work like that for the agents too, right? You have the guys that are, you know, you can kind of see that they're going to be a star if you look, use Patrick Line. Like, obviously, he's he's a super goal scorer and has been since he entered the league. And then you have the, you know, the guys, your prospects that, you know, might take a few extra years to develop before they finally hit their big 
their big deal. And then that's when the work really pays off, right? You get your your top players or your top contracts from waiting it out five five to eight years or however that may be from when you sign them when they're 15 or to when they get their first chance at a contract when they're, I guess, early 20s, we'll say 22, 23, depending mm-hmm. on exactly how long they've been playing and stuff. So that's kind of a another, you know, just another aspect that I, I think is cool is they're kind of doing the same thing. They're just betting on the long on their long term future by signing, especially the newer agents, right? They have to get them. They can't just generally get them handed off like that so so we kind of talked about line a and connor a little bit and one uh, that's a very polarizing or effect uh, <laughs> here in winnipeg is uh jacob truba obviously this year he made it all the way through the arbitration and got awarded his arbitration deal the season before he held out until or sorry two seasons ago he held out until like november and signed a two-year uh deal so what's the what's the deal there i know i can't remember his agent's name i think it's kurt overhard if i'm not mistaken yes. is that that's the guy's yeah. name yeah so was he uh is this just the one-time thing with truba or does he do this a lot hold them out to the last uh the last second or into the season even is that kind of something we're going to be dealing with again this summer i think i think we will be but maybe maybe not yeah so his, you're right his agent's kurt overhart um and he has his own agency called ko sport um so Kurt is number nine on our agent leaderboard. So he's one of the biggest agents in the NHL and his firm is sixth um, in, in, uh, in size by agencies. So he's, he's a big agent and, and he's built a big firm. Um, some of his clients include Kessler, Dubinsky, Zajac, Mike Smith, Brian Elliott, Riley Nash, uh, Jacob Slavin. So I've heard, uh, I've heard him referred to sometimes as Kurt Overcharge. <laughs> or, I, you know, looking when I look at the agents, actually, I, I'd say that there's other agents that sort of get the the over market price more so. But certainly, there's you look at Kessler, Davinsky, Zajac, Mike Smith. Like there's some big contracts that are over market there. So you would have to think that that looks like a bit of a a pattern and an mo. So and then you look at the history with. Uh, with Truba and and the contract situations, uh, sort of shorter contracts every time, and um, more, seems more contentious every time too. But like we've talked about, the agents do work for the players, and you never know how much of the of the mix is like the agent versus the player. You know, there's obviously been some rumblings that it's kind of a family situation with Truba, and that's why he he requested a trade in the past. So, you know, if if that's the situation, the agent might just be trying to uh, you know help his client get get short-term deals so he can get closer to ufa status and and then eventually maybe move on so that's tough to see but you know when you look at the history of players that kind of keep signing these shorter and shorter contracts or have really contentious um contracts it doesn't usually end with like a you know the, the, with the player staying with the team for 15 years and everyone's happy and they never move on so i would be shocked if there's a a long-term extension but i i guess anything's possible uh, he is an RFA um, after this year, but he's getting close to where he'd be eligible for UFA status. So in 2020, so the following year, he'd be eligible for UFA status. So if he signed only another one-year deal, he he could be a free agent and walk after that. So uh, I, I it'll be interesting to see. I, I would think, unless the Jets are kind of loading up to go for another run next year, I would be surprised if you see him sign a one-year deal. I, I'd, it would look like either maybe they'll they'll mend things and he'll sign a, a long-term contract and maybe a longer term to keep the dollars a little bit down with the Jets situation. Or, you know, you can maybe see him uh, get moved this summer. 
Yeah, so that's yeah. Obviously, we've been we've been talking about that, and I know in in my my private group or my uh, conversations I've had is about it's probably you know we kind of see a grim grim future ahead when it comes to Jacob Truba, which is which is very sad because he's a very good very good player for the Jets, but sometimes that's just the way the way it's got to be, and that's 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 just the business, right? We always say even if you hear you know a guy gets traded, they say oh well it's a business you can't ever uh, <clears throat> decline or you have to expect everything to happen, right? So that's something that Jets fans might be gearing up for, might have to kind of keep in the back of their minds for a little bit. And it's not always about, uh, you know, the player sometimes just wants his best, what's best for him, and that's the way it's got to be. So, so yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel about that personally. Well, the Jets, I, um, they just kind of have a good problem of having, like, just too many good players, right? Like, you look at yeah, exactly, other yeah. teams, and they would love to have the salary cap problems that the Jets have because they have... There's no bad contracts really on the Jets, um, and they just, but they just have lots of really good players. And you look at that compared to other teams, like you know we talked about the Oilers, like they're up against salary cap, and they only have a couple of good players, right? So which which position would you rather be in? Obviously, the Jets have built a good stable, and at some point they're going to have to make some tough choices. Like I'm interested to see what happens with Tyler Myers, like uh, if he if they can't if they realize they can't sign Truba or it's just time to move on. And they kind of free that money up. It'd be interesting to see if they try to make a deal with Myers or if they do just let him walk and and go with a little bit more of a, a youth movement, especially on defense. Yeah, see what they what they have. It's been, you know, if you follow the team, obviously I know you don't follow the Jets, obviously, as close as I do or the other other Jets fans. Our D D line is pretty uh pretty slim in the prospect area. So yeah. we're kind of worried about that a little bit, but uh that's that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> um so uh so I see, uh, you know, you go on your site and stuff and you see all the injury updates and stuff from the team. So I was just interested. How do you how do you get that information up there so quickly? Like, what is your uh, your like formula to get that going so fast? Do you just find like local because it's hard, hard for us to even find sometimes if we, we just go on like the Jets, the Jets Twitter or whatever. We don't really know who's hurt, who's hurt for how long. So how do you how do you figure that out for for the league and stuff like that? The injuries and guys that are scratched or maybe updates or that kind of thing so on the injury news so i have a data provider that um, provides the data to uh, puckpedia and they they basically scour the the internet and media reports for the injury news and um they they provide it to a few i think their most common uh, customers are like fantasy sports sites um, where you can see injury updates and things like that so yeah i license that data uh on the injury news from them um Things like the transactions and moving the players up and down. So some of that is also from a, a data provider, and then the rest, yeah, that has to get supplemented from just following media reports and you know following Twitter and checking the the uh, NHL team rosters on their on the official website. They some teams are better than others at keeping it updated, but that'll show you um, who is on the roster, who's on injured reserve. So when it looks like some of the our transaction information is has some gaps in it or th- things have happened that aren't reflected in there yet, that's the place where we'll go is to the official team um, pages or just following some of the different uh, writers and reporters. One thing that we didn't mention on the site is, so on every team page, we have a, a section called Voices to Follow. And that's, a, again, as a fan, uh, you know, if you're not all over Twitter or 
online, but you want to know where to get information from. Sometimes it can be a little bit intimidating. There's so many different people writing articles and, and tweeting about your favorite team. So we tried to streamline that and, and feature um, the top voices to follow for each team. So that's that's another thing that even, you know, just trying to keep the site updated if I'm if I'm not sure or if it looks like the roster count doesn't look right on a on a specific day for a team, I'll go to their team page on Puckpedia and I'll see who our voices to follow are and I'll just you know look at some of their Twitter feeds or articles and, and try to get the latest news. So it's kind of another uh, sort of backup way of doing it. Yeah, so you got kind of your your last resort is going, you know, that's that's kind of how I get, for example, the Jets as I go, I know who to follow on yep. the Jets, uh, the Jets voices in the media, the guys that travel with the team and stuff. You got to kind of, you just getting on there and then I could see whoever's, you know, who's injured, who's scratched, if they had to make a call up or a, or a different transaction move or something like that. So that's that's something uh, that that I like. Obviously, uh, you know, if you're if you're invested in the team, you want to be able to follow that closely. And obviously, I suggest Puckpedia. You know, they seem you have every every team on there. So if someone's looking to see maybe who the Jets' opponent is uh, coming up, uh, their next game is uh, tomorrow against Minnesota. So maybe you know, if you're not familiar with the Wild, that would be a good place to go and get your resource to see who to follow from Minnesota or you know how they're doing and that kind of thing and where their team's at, who they got up, who they got down, who's hurt, if that's something people are interested in. That's another way you could use Puckpedia to get to know, you know, you have your team and then you got to see who, who, who your opponent is and who they're calling up or signing or whatever, whatever it may be. So that's another way, another cool way to use it for sure. So we were talking about the, the agents. I actually meant to ask this before, but how long like did it take to make your, your agent database? I'll call it like, to find out which players are represented by who and that kind of thing. How long did it take and how much work was put into that and keeping it updated? So that's definitely been a lot of work and it's it's really a work in progress. So um, I was able to get access to sort of an initial list and that was the that's how it started. But from there, it's just really, you know, a little bit of media reports because you see some of the, the reporters will mention an agent. Um, but the rest is just I've been reaching out to agents and had some reaching out to me. And that's been a that's a kind of a big manual undertaking to to get that up to date and keep it updated. And it's you know, it's been a good way to interact and get to know agents is kind of going through their list with them. And uh, some of them are are pretty competitive. So it, it has helped. They, they want to make sure that they're getting credit for all the, the players that they have on, you know, on their roster. So uh, the sort of the having the agent leaderboard and and uh, ranking them is kind of using the agent's competitive juices to help keep it updated and make sure that everyone's uh, assigned to the right place. But uh, yeah, it's certainly, it's been a lot of work, but it's been really fun to build this network of agents. And, you know, that's helpful when there's contracts that come out and getting the, all the details of the, of the contract information. And, you know, the agents actually also really know, a lot of them really know the CBA really well as well. Um, so whether it's like kind of the main agent or just someone on their team that's their go-to CBA person, that's been a great resource as well for for CBA questions. So yeah, that's it. That the agent database has certainly been a lot of work and uh, just kind of grinding it out day by day. Yeah, it sounds that sounds like a pretty fun undertaking too. Especially yeah. you get to talk to agents uh, directly. That's something that not obviously the everyday person can do, and that's something. And obviously, yeah, they want to make sure they're in the right spot on the list. They got all their top all their top players and all their contracts are listed up there properly. And it's kind of maybe a, a little marketing tool they could use too. They could say, Hey, I have the, you know, I'm the fifth biggest agent in the NHL. So yep. join my firm kind of thing, right? That's kind of, kind of an interesting way to, to look at it too is. First, yeah. 
For sure. And that, that kind of led to the idea for the Puck TV. Like I was having these really interesting discussions with agents where I was getting all the all my questions answered that I always wondered about. And I was thinking, well, I, you know, like just not that long ago, I was just a, a fan that had questions. And it's cool that I get my questions answered by these agents. Well, I think it would be really, I think there'd be a lot of people that would love to have their questions answered by agents. And a lot of these agents too are very friendly and accommodating and they just don't do a lot of uh, media. And I think they try to obviously keep the attention on the players, but yeah, in, in developing some of these uh, relationships with agents, I, I, that was where the idea for puck TV came out. Like let's, let's do some, a live video where fans can send in their questions and the agents sort of chat to them just like they I've been fortunate enough to have them chat with me and so the first one that we did with Elaine Waugh um yeah it was it was really great um we had some technical difficulties so we I didn't <laughs> get the whole video up but we got a, a few minutes of it and yeah there were some really good answers and and some good insight that he shed and there was even there was obviously some really good answers that didn't that uh, didn't make it into the final video because of the technical issues. But uh, I think that'll be cool for the the future agents that we have on there for people to to send their questions in. You know, then there's there's really creative questions that people have too. So it's it's a good opportunity for them to ask them. Yeah, and like the thing the thing with the CBA, I mean, it's out there, but who wants to read every page of the CBA as just a guy, just a fan, right? You gotta, <laughs> yeah. you'd rather if you have one specific question, just you know, ask, ask an agent live. Right. So that's, that's kind of cool. And that's kind of cool that you were able to do that and provide that to, to people that might have more obscure questions about the CBA and stuff like that. So that's something very interesting. So we'll talk about a little bit about maybe the future of Puckpedia. So obviously you mentioned the Puck TV. Is there any other things that you're working on or new features or something like that? Yeah. The big thing that we're working on and trying to kind of finalize the best way to present it. Um, but we want to have a, a Puckhead GM feature, which we have a, a page for it right now, but we're still, it's still under development. And we want a place where, where people can model out rosters and um, see, you know, make signings and trades and, and see what that looks like, but not just see it from a, a salary cap point of view, which is obviously important, but also get some feedback on, you know, if they made good, trades or signings and, and so give a little bit of a rating or a feedback in terms of the um the moves that they make so that we're just kind of working through how to do that the best way bringing on some um hockey analytics experts to potentially provide some of the you know the, that evaluation um tool so stay tuned for that and ho hopefully we'll have that ready for the trade deadline but um you know we don't definitely don't want to rush it because i think that'll be something that people will really enjoy and it'll allow the site to be a little bit more interactive as well yeah that's that's something cool too because you're always going over it in your head but maybe you can go on go online and practice it too right you can say you sign whoever to six year whatever how does that affect the future of said team and said player and said rosters and stuff like that and that's something that's uh that a lot of a lot of people are always thinking about you know why don't they trade this for this or acquire this from wherever so maybe you could go in there click a few times and you can make it that and see what it looks like on look see what it looks like on paper right in front of you or on, on the screen I guess but yeah so that's that's kind of so that's the future there you can you could be a GM be a GM from your uh your computer and stuff so that's kind of fun and I had we had talked about this a little bit before but uh I I don't I don't know how how much uh how much you'd ever thought about this but like a paywall kind of so you can have like uh exclusive content to members and you can keep it more into development and stuff is that something you'd ever consider doing maybe or is that just not even not even in the question 
I mean, we're certainly looking at ways to, at some point, <laughs> generate some revenue and cover yeah. some of the costs. Uh, the paywall, you know, is probably unlikely, but I guess you never know. I mean, we're we're trying to find uh, some good partners that provide uh, value to the people on the site. So we've had some good partnerships already. Um, one is with Summer Skates, um, who make sandals that uh, have either NHL player names or different logos on them. So we we made some Puckpedia uh, summer skates, um, and we're kind of giving those away as prizes. Um, and we recently brought on a partner, Pure Hockey, uh, who's a big uh, online re- and retail store in the states, um, and they've been giving our users discounts on their site. So we're looking at things like that. Um, but yeah, certainly if we can get to where you know we have a lot of uh, traction on the site and it's a destination, and we can find something that uh, our users really value um, behind a paywall. It certainly we open to anything, but I think in general, we really, the, the, the vision for the site is to be the ultimate source for hockey fans. And so we want to make it really accessible, easy to use. And I think part of that is, is having it free as well. Yeah. That's probably plays a big factor into it uh, as well. You know, you want everyone to be able to get it. So yeah, I guess it's kind of, you know, it's good to have obviously the free resources and a, a wave is, to have uh, you know to have sponsorships come in and you partner up with stuff, so that's that's probably an even better idea. So uh, I'll give you. A, we'll just. I think we'll wrap it up there. I got most of my uh, most of my questions, and uh, I hope the fans uh, or the listeners enjoyed all the insight that you had uh, into it. And uh, so I'll give you a chance. You know, if you want to plug anything else, I know your website is puckpedia.com. If you want to plug anything else, now would be the the best chance to do that. Great. Well, please follow us on Twitter at puckpedia. Um, we try to tweet out um, when there's news, obviously, we, we tweet out all the, the information that you need on that and also try to uh, tweet out some interesting um, uh, things to look at. One, I guess one of the features we didn't quite mention was the player dashboard. So if you click on players, um, the player tab, it's a way of sorting and filtering by a bunch of different criteria. So on there, that's where you can see the upcoming RFAs and uh, maybe ranked by points. Sometimes we'll use that and tweet out things like, you know, who are the the top scorers under six feet and under 150 <laughs> pounds, or um, who are the top scoring players that make between one million and five million. So you know, we tweet to, we tweet some of that stuff out. It's also fun to go on there and, and play with that yourself on the player dashboard. Um, but yeah, the, that's the big thing is follow us on Twitter at Puckpedia. Uh, please visit the site, puckpedia.com. And if you have any questions or suggestions about the site, um, so questions, you go on Ask the Capologist and you can ask all your CBA questions and you can use that or also just tweet us or email us to any suggestions. Um, certainly a lot. We've had some really good ideas from, from people and that's led to some changes in how things are displayed or some new features that we added. So uh, really appreciate the feedback from everyone. Yeah, so that's, so yeah, so all our listeners, so I'm sure uh, some of them at least will be interested. I know a lot of people, uh, that are really into it, you know, they follow all the contracts and stuff. So that's uh, definitely a good start. Uh, and especially all the other cool features on the site is something that you could get lost on for for an hour or two, I'm sure. Yeah, so that's, that's the point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just want to get get submerged into all the numbers and all the all the different stats that you can come up with and stuff. So uh, I'll tell you, I'll thank thanks a lot, Hart, for uh, coming on and having a nice chat with us today. And I appreciate the time. And Maybe we'll have you on again in the future if uh, any any uh, jets jets related news or any other uh, contracts or trades happen. If uh, if you'd be okay with that, that sounds great. Thank you so much for having me on. It was it was uh, really fun to be on. Yeah, perfect. Thanks. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you next time.